What is up, everybody? Mr. Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern across from us right now. Now, gentlemen, we've proven, we've proven you can cryogenically freeze a human being and bring them back to life in the future. We saw this in Austin Powers. That's science. Mid-90s. Yeah. But we're going to talk about more important science today, and that's cryogenically freezing your barrel to potentially optimize performance. Yeah. Wake it up in a thousand years and it's better than ever. It's better than it's well rested. Thaw it out. I feel like this is a, a topic, Ryan, where there can be uh, two, two camps. Yep. One side, just ardent believers. The other side, maybe poking holes, saying this is a little bit of hocus pocus. There's uh, some research over the years where people, you know, point to things and like, oh, no, there's, you know, there's some merit to this. I know it's an interesting topic. When I read about what it does to a barrel, which is uh, cryogenically freeze it, Jim, <laughs> at negative 300 degrees Fahrenheit, which is extremely cold. That's pretty cold. It's, oh, yeah. It's doing some things to the metal that I think makes sense. That's like. That's like late January at Lambeau Field, let me tell you. <laughs> Bring a whole boatload of barrels to Lambeau Field late January against the bears. <laughs> Cryogenically freeze those bad boys. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who you sound like right now. <laughs> I know. We know. All right, talk to us, Ryan. The frozen tundra test. <laughs> you know... On Spaghetti Shootout, we had a, a question about equipment that, A, you wouldn't catch yourself out there in the field with, and B, things that you think are hocus-pocus. No way. You're not going to say cryo barrels, are you? Well, I don't know. You, okay. We talked to Ian Clem today, because he's smart. I know. When I came downstairs, because I was going to, you know, I've been doing a little reading. Yep. And I was like, oh, no better perfect combination. Yeah, 100%. And Ian was there. We were talking about a mystery cartridge that I can't identify. Neither, neither could Ian. The search continues. And uh, he and I agreed on on this. A couple things. If it works for you, it works. So we'll say that. Okay. And two, there really isn't any definitive study that says, like, yes, this is the way to make a barrel awesome. He and I also firmly believe that a barrel that's done right, whether that's a chambering process, a rifling process, a stress-relieving process, is always going to be right. A barrel that wasn't, perhaps this is a way to correct some of those things. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that we can't dispute, right? So if we look at metallurgy and what cryogenics are used for in metallurgy, yes, they do correct some things. When we have unusual stresses put on these barrels, either through the rifling process, a fluting process, an outside diameter, or a recontouring process, etc. This can help with that. What does it essentially help, like, reset it? You yeah. Know, like we- yeah. So, like, if, if there's an unusual stress load put into um, that barrel, say, during the rifling process or during a fluting process, which is, there's a lot of talk about that, too. Like, when should a rifle barrel be fluted? Um, or how should it be fluted? I'm not a fan of it. I don't want it. I, you know, sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. If it's done right, that's great. Realigning some of the um, unusual grain structure of the metal under that stress load, t- taking care of some of that that uh, imperfection put into it. We think it could work for that. 
The studies out there are inconclusive. So that's that, huh? Yeah. Does it matter whether you're talking about a carbon barrel or a stainless barrel, you know? Because I was looking online at one point and they were I was going through the options list for a barrel because I'm mm-hmm. going to try and rebarrel my Mossberg. And one of the options was cryogenically, yep. you know, doing that process. But, you know, I was on like that many drop downs later, I had started with a stainless barrel. Does it matter? No, because even on a carbon barrel, there's still a stainless barrel under there. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have like a very thin contour in a very unusual shape. Think of like a very long, skinny barbell. And you could cryogenically treat that prior to its wrapping. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, 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 for a second there, I was picturing doing it with the carbon on, and I'm not a carbonist or a metallurgist. <laughs> That's a lie. You love carbon. Well, yeah, I'm not a... I'm not huge a huge carbon <laughs> footprint. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> huge. I'm not a carbon footprint. scientist, though, Jim. So then I was like, oh, is that a good idea? Maybe it's fine, but it makes sense to do them uh, separately." Yeah, yes. I'll say this: like, it can't hurt. It's almost like a barrel deresonator to me. Sure. And my hunting partner affectionately calls it the doinker. Mm. The, the Sims yeah. Vibration Laboratories barrel deresonator. One time, I put one on Mark's gun, and it shot markedly better okay here's the deal i think you did that to spite me because you were doing and you're like oh dude this really fixed a lot of things look at him look at his face it look did. at his face right now he put it on because i'm like oh, i better leave it on there ryan put it on there he said it shot better i shot a group yeah and it was like okay what and this was like two years later that i've lived with this this blight on my uh beloved <laughs> Browning able 300 oh, I love looking at that thing. And then there. I was like, you know what, dude? I okay. It is a product that works. Aesthetically, I don't love it. And I took it off, Jim. For the pictures. And it, my group tightened up considerably. With it off? With it off. You're so full of I'm not. No. And that's when I knew. I was like, can, Mark. I said to myself, Mark. can he be trusted? No. Look at the smile on his no. face. I'm going to say he, it, right? he was probably mad at me because I gave him my rifle at the last minute. I'm like, hey, can you help me out with this? Here's the deal. Not to go down the rail so much. I'm going to make a statement on cryogenics. It can't hurt. There are instances, there are studies, independent, not done by me. By Actually, the NRA did a really good study on that. So that's what's cited in my uh, printouts. Yeah. They, they did a pretty exhaustive study on, or fairly exhaustive study on cryogenics. And in general, they saw a marginal improvement in accuracy, more so usable barrel life. So I'm going to read a quote here. Metallurgists, quoted by the National Rifle Association, state that a cryogenic treatment can only remove about 6% of the residual stress within a barrel after boring. The NRA conducted its own tests comparing cryotreated and non-cryotreated barrels and found that the treatment modestly improved the accuracy in some barrels. 10% 10% or less, which... That's not nothing. That's not nothing, <laughs> not if, nothing. You, if you saw that yep. if you saw that improvement. If you were seeking the utmost in accuracy, right. and you were using a reputable barrel manufacturer that was, mm-hmm. was processing your barrel uh, in, a, in a very good way, you can only improve the situation. How many people are good enough to shoot and notice a 10% difference? Well, that's point one of an inch. Everything, everything adds up. Everything adds up. Yeah, you know, you're right. It, it does compound. So, but if that is the only thing that you do, and will I'll say you this, I saw in and in, uh, in my printouts here, this one service they it was uh, sixty dollars. 
So it's not, that's not too bad. No. That's not so too bad at all. It was, uh, that could be worth it. You'll probably, you know, give or take, depending on what you find. That didn't include shipping and things like that. But um, I don't know. Like you said, Ryan, it's certainly, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. Nope. Why not give yourself a little added kick? Now, back on the Sims Vibration Laboratory's barrel resonator. <laughs> Which is not what we're talking about. The gun unquestionably shot better with it the installation. It shot better for you. It shot better with the installation of the... Uh, Barrel D resonator. You keep saying resonator. Resonator. Like I would just say like resonator, like it's a Z, but you say resonator. I'm sorry. I just noticed it. It's a heck of an economical barrel tuner, I'll tell you that. It is. And it shot better. Mark was not pleased that it was there. Immediately. Take it off. No, it shoots better. I send him on his way. He comes back from the hunt. I noticed a picture. The Sims Vibration Laboratory's barrel D resonator was not pictured. He took it off for the photographs. I found it in his truck. It melted. It did. I found it in his truck in the door compartment in a cup holder. It had been there for years. years. Yeah. My Sims Vibration Laboratory. Wow. The I feel like I'm talking down about it, and I'm not. And no, by you, you calling you, it that, you're talking. It's a fantastic little device. I've never seen one hurt accuracy. Yeah. Much like cryogenic treatment. I've never seen it hurt accuracy. What I would like to see is if accuracy is, okay, Great. If you have an already inherently accurate rifle, then that's where I'm getting at like 10% is is almost imperceptible. If you don't have an accurate rifle, then I'm also wondering, are there other improvements that you could make to get larger than a 10% improvement? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and that's where I'm like, is it just kind of caught in the middle? You said the price, that's not too bad, but like I'm caught in the middle of, if my gun is not accurate and it's bad, do I want to spend 60 bucks to get a 10% improvement with the same barrel that I've got, or do I want to make take drastic measure, measures, pay more money, get a better barrel, have it you know, blueprinted, whatever it is, and have it set up better and think, get significantly better accuracy? I mean, I think it depends on what you're looking for in accuracy and also the accuracy that you're getting. I'm going to throw in a couple things, some uh, claimed results of uh, cry cryogenically treated barrels. Uh, increased wear resistance for easier cleaning, Re uh, reduced friction, heat, and wear for an improved barrel life, Okay, uh, improved shot groupings, resulting in improved accuracy, increased velocity of about 50 to 60 feet per second. That's a big claim. I find that That's curious. notable. Like I said, you do find a little back and forth on what, what people think. But, but you never... You never hear about it going the other way, though. Nope. I've got some cryo barrels. They shoot really good. Do they shoot good because they were cryoed? That's or, the question. Or do they shoot good because the barrel manufacturer that I use put a ton of attention to detail in the rifling process, in the contouring, in the fluting, in the threading, in the chambering, the whole nine yards. Those barrels are beautiful. Uh, and they're beautiful without cryo. But, uh, so they are, but th that's also a manufacturer that cares mm -hmm. about their barrels, I think and they most, care enough yeah. to add that extra step. I, I think it's very difficult for a shooter to get a bad barrel from a major manufacturer of barrels. Not many people have a rifling machine. Not many people know how to run a rifling machine. And it, it, it's, not like, it's not like milling apart. Like, we can go to the mill store and buy a mill and we can make stuff in our garage. That's different than using a really good machine shop to make a component, right? Mm -hmm. Rifle barreling 
like making a rifle barrel, that's a process. Like very specialized equipment, very specialized know-how. This isn't, you're not typically stumbling into somebody's machine shop and be like, well, yeah, I got a rifling machine. I mean, certainly they exist, right? Mm. But most barrel manufacturers are really good at making barrels. And it's kind of hard to find a cruddy one. And modern manufacturing is pretty outstanding. I think, so that company that I have cryo barrels from, I also have non-cryo barrels. Different calibers, different configurations, or even just different styles. Like I have AR barrels from them and bolt gun barrels. They all shoot really good. Um, I, I don't know that the cryo barrel is remarkably better, but it certainly isn't bad at all. I mean, it's it's a hammer. Right. Something I'm curious about is that if this is supposed to remove some stresses from the manufacturing process, do yeah. you find do you find better performance and and, and better being um, more consistent performance out of the cryo barrels as the barrel heats up? That's the accuracy is kind of, is sort of a moot point in my head, but I'm wondering, like, for example, I was just shooting my BLR the mm-hmm. other day. Three rounds, usually they're going nice tight group. As soon as the fourth one goes, up into the right a little bit. Fifth one, up into the right a little bit more because it just starts to heat up. And then you let it cool down. You don't make any adjustments. Boom, right back to that center punch. So, like, does a cryoed barrel kind of do you extend the... Life you can have like a higher volume sh- shot string without without degrading, seeing, yeah. you know, your your the accuracy of your, your point of impact or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, I guess we're going to need a big bucket of liquid nitrogen about twenty four hours in a Browning BLR that shows us a little bit of thermal influence at rounds four, five, six. I guess we will. <laughs> we're going to have to cry as long as I don't have to shoot that ammo I was shooting out of it the other day. I love when we podcast and then we go, ah, damn, now we got to try. <laughs> now we got to do something. I've got a Kimber that does the same thing. Yeah. It's very thin barrel. It's an expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What types of barrels exhibit usually the most stress? Could it be any barrel or would a thinner barrel, for example, tend to have more stress in it because it's been machined more than a big old thick varmint bowl barrel or something like that? That's what I'm curious. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. It takes more work to get a thin barrel to be thin yep. than it does to get a bull barrel to be a bull barrel. Or right? if it's a fluted barrel, you've got more <laughs> more stuff going more, on. More yep. tooling applied to the so, exterior. So, so yes, but it's also it also has less mass, mm-hmm. so it heats up quicker. Yes. Right. But it does cool down faster. So that's like a really cool part about my Kimbers. It goes, the wheels fall off at rounds basically five and six. Mm-hmm. Four is passable. Five is like, oh boy. But then it's cold pretty quick, and mm-hmm. then we're, we're back in the game. That's nice. Yeah. So because it has less mass, it heats up f- way faster than, say, a heavy barrel target rifle that I have with an MTU contour on it. Right. So I, is I that would, is I that would, a function of, of the the turning of the barrel to reduce the diameter? And then, like, are they stress-relieving that barrel after that's done? through some process. Um, how are they doing that process? Is this a high-speed operation? Is there a ton of coolant involved? You know, what are they doing? Are they taking big chunks off of it one time? Or are they, like, slightly removing yeah. that material? I don't know. To me, Jim, though, like, that would be a big, if if we saw that you could have a higher, you know, volume string of fire bef- before seeing that degrade in accuracy and being able to trust that, to me, that would be worth the... 60, 100, 150, whatever it is. Yeah. Just just for the time savings, when you're like, oh, I'm going to, I need to re-zero my gun. I'm trying a different load. And it's like, oh, I fired a shot. Well, I want to make sure that my zero is just like 
spot on cold bore. Like maybe you're even waiting between single shots, sure. right? Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I fired a shot now. Okay, I'm going to set the gun here. I'm either going to wait, mm-hmm. get the fan out, blow, blow it on the gun for a while. Okay, now I'm going to take, if you're just, I mean, just the time saving alone. Is yeah. that worth 60 bucks? Yeah. That would be. Let's um, let's put your let's put your rifle in the cooler. What do you say? Which one? Your new one. Why would we do that? It shoots phenomenally. Does it shoot really phenomenally? Yeah. <laughs> Mark is for science. But you won't see. Like we'd be better off doing something that, uh, like what Jim just said. We do stuff to me and Jim's guns all the time. Yeah, Mark. Um, huh. I mean, we can't. I don't care. I just don't think like. Uh, I just bought a new gun today for a podcast. You're not going to, uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of, uh, it shoots great. You shot that gun. It shoots great. <laughs> He's just not having it. It's coming unglued right no. now. No, don't touch well, I'm my, saying there's probably don't touch a, my stuff. I'm saying there's probably a better test Don't subject. touch my stuff until it's the last minute and I haven't touched it yet, and now I need you to do it real I don't fast even know. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I'm saying there's probably a better test subject. If, if, if I noticed what Jim knows, like, oh, on shot four, the wheels fall off. Well, let's see if now we get two shot six or eight or twelve. I don't, you know. Sure. I'm being. I'm making logical sense. You guys are gaslighting me. That's what people say these days. That's just a phrase people use now whenever someone's doing something they don't like. Yeah. I think it. It does happen. Well, I don't like what you guys are doing. So, so. gaslighting. <laughs> that's a hot. That's a hot term for a cold say. podcast. It is. Well, I, f- I feel like so we haven't effectively even definitively gone nowhere. But it's something. I mean, like here's. I think research. It's, it's it's substantial enough that people offer this service. Yeah. That some barrel manufacturers have it as a step in their manufacturing process. I. It's I, not for no reason. I'll tell you this much: if it was more expensive, I don't think we'd have this conversation. I don't think anyone would do it. Good point. I mean, the fact that you can get it done for 60 to 100 bucks, I think it's like just enough, j- just enough of a deal that you're like, ah, I'll give it a shot. But if it was more expensive, I just, I, I just don't know if anyone would do it. A couple people would because they like saying they got a cryoed barrel. I like it. Makes sense to me. I think research shows that it does do something. Mm-hmm. I think that for some it may show very little. For others, it may show huge amounts. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said at the very beginning, I feel like if you just get a good setup from the get-go. Yeah. It's not it's not likely to show you tr- tremendous advantage. You may not even need it. Right. You had a really hard time not saying the word tremendous without an <laughs> accent, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you do that, too, by the way. Uh, you're holding it back. Ugh, it's almost. Um, okay, there you have it. Jim, uh, we need your BLR. We're going to cryo the barrel. There, that's the end of it. Okay, it's a takedown, so it should be easy. Cool. All right. Real talk, real, talk, real questions for listeners out there. Have you had this cryo treatment done to your barrel? Did you see a, uh, a positive result from it? Do you only buy rifles that have a cryogenically treated barrel. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's hocus pocus? I think there's something to it. Would you recommend it to a friend? Would you recommend it to a friend asking for a friend? There you have it. All right. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. 
And uh, yeah, provide your comments. This is this is an interesting one. Provide your comments. Provide comment below. What? what? You're gaslighting again. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Bye.